Hello, this is a conversation about the changes to legislation around religious education and the transition to religion, values and ethics in the Curriculum for Wales 2022. I'm Paula Weber, Professional Learning Advisor for Religion, Values and Ethics at EAS and Senior Lecturer for the REPGC at Cardiff Metropolitan University. Today I'm talking to Libby Jones, who is a well-known figure in the RE world in Wales. Libby is an LA advisor for religious education in North Wales. Both Libby and I sit on the executive committees of Wasica and APFRE. Today, we're not speaking on behalf of those organisations. And though our expertise in, lies in religious education, today we will be talking about legislation in particular. Neither of us are experts in the law and wouldn't want to be viewed as such. We'll be giving our personal opinions based on information that is available to us at the time of recording. This is going to take place in the form of a conversation. So first of all, let me uh, welcome Libby. Hi, Paula. Hi. <laughs> thank you for being with me today. Oh, um, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm, re I'm really looking forward to, to this conversation. It feels as if we've lived and breathed this uh, for the last few years. The first question I'd like to explore is, where does RE now sit in the new curriculum? So I don't know whether you want to kick us off with that, Libby. OK, thank you. Uh, yeah, I think the first thing we need to acknowledge is that RE will have a new name in the curriculum for Wales. Um, so it becomes Religion, Values and Ethics, RVE. And I think possibly at some point we might come back to what that change means, if anything, later on or even in another podcast. But in terms of where RVE sits in the curriculum for Wales, it sits very firmly within the humanities AWLE. And that in itself feels quite different to the place of RE in the current curriculum, I think. I don't know about you. I think so, because obviously RE was separate from the curriculum. It wasn't in the, it's not in the current curriculum. It was set locally um, and, and schools had to follow their local agreed syllabus. And we'll talk a bit about agreed syllabus later on. And, but this is really, uh, really vital. I think that it, it's been placed in, in the curriculum, sitting within the humanities alongside the other four subjects there. And Absolutely, I, yeah. I'm really grateful I am to Professor Donaldson for putting RVE in there, because I think, you know, it is it is a, a subject that really enables learners to go towards the, those four purposes, to realise those four purposes. I know every subject does. But, uh, you know, when you think about it being called religion, values and ethics, I really think, you know, it lends itself to the development of the four purposes. So really grateful that it's got this different place now within our curriculum and it's, it's mandatory. And I think that's that's important. And yeah, I don't know whether you want to say anything. <laughs> yes, I was just I would agree with everything that you've said, really. It's difficult to interrupt when when actually what you're saying is <laughs> absolutely right. I think RVE, it's important that it retains that mandatory nature. And like you said, we'll we'll talk a little bit later about the agreed syllabus and how important that is and the status of that, because that does still remain, although ever so slightly different. But the key thing for me is that um, RVE will have equity with all other humanities subjects. So geography, history, business studies and now social studies, too, which I think is really good and it's really important like you say it has as much right to be there as all the other subjects in humanities and and whilst we've always I don't know how you feel about it but I always feel very um, as an RE specialist obviously I haven't been in the classroom for a, a few years but when I was I really felt part of that humanities faculty anyway so although in some ways for me 
nothing has changed. Actually, in actual fact, a lot has changed. You know, we're no longer sat standing outside peering in on our own little pedestal, <laughs> looking through the window. We're, we're there with everybody else. Um, so I think that's really important. Yeah. And, and for me as well, it's that sitting as a mandatory element alongside Welsh, English and um, RSE as well. Um, so I think it, it shows sort of the importance of RE um, in a curriculum and the need to think really carefully about it when you were designing that school level curriculum. Absolutely. And um, as we've said so many times before, uh, you know, as RE specialists ourselves, that, you know, we can see so much opportunity within the humanities statements of what matters um, for you know, some really, really meaningful and important RVE teaching and learning to take place. So, you know, we can see that. And, you know, I suppose our job as as professionals in, in this community is is to support schools in seeing those mm-hmm. um, opportunities because they they are vast. Yes. And I think the main focus of this podcast is to say, you know, there is help out there available for schools contemplating their RV curriculum, you know, designing that. If they're not on their own, and we'll talk about later on uh, some of the organisations and the places that they can go to for help. Yeah. If we think about this mandatory nature of the subject now, one of the major changes in this legislation is about the right of parents to withdraw their children from RVE. Now that that's changing. Um, can we talk a little bit about that? Because I think that's a really significant change in the law that will have implications on schools. Yeah, absolutely. So in the curriculum for Wales, there'll be no parental right to withdraw children from RVE at all. So all learners will have equity of entitlement, basically, which, um, like you say, is a massive change, but it's a really important one. It's probably important to note at this point that that was consulted upon officially by Welsh Government. So I don't think we're, we're introducing anything that people don't already know, but it but it does it does warrant some thought um, in schools on what that means for you know, their their setting and, and their learners. So it, I think it needs to be understood and it needs to be thought about carefully and advice perhaps needs to be sought from um, advisors within consortia or LAs because it's linked to human rights law and the fact that RVE has got to be objective, critical and pluralistic. And I think that needs a lot of unpacking. Yeah. Would you agree with me on that? Um, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's a phrase that we're, most of us um, in the RE world are, are familiar with anyway. And it's something that Hopefully, schools have been doing for a long time um, objective, critical and pluralistic RE. But I think now more than ever, it's important because of this um, not having the right to withdraw. Personally, I wouldn't want to pin this down too much, and nor should we, I think, at this point in time. But I agree with you that a discussion is needed. It needs to begin now. And, and I think not just between you and I and, and people in our position and, and other experts, 
but but also between teachers and schools and clusters of schools so that they can work out what it means for them in their settings so I'd be reluctant to sort of say too much on what that actually looks like to be honest (laughs) to be honest I think that's that's probably the topic of professional learning Um, and at the moment we're just talking about the changes but this is a significant change and and I would agree with you it is something that RE specialists have been doing for a long time Mm. however the the right to withdraw was a was um, a safeguard against that you know if it didn't happen whereas now if that's removed that safeguard has been removed and and schools need to ensure that all of their RVE is objective, critical and pluralistic and the legislation. So it's, it's as if the legislation has caught up with what was being practised in in good in classrooms where good RE was being taught. Yeah. So, you know, we know what it looks like and we will explore that in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think it is a PL issue. And I think that, you know, especially for perhaps practitioners who aren't as confident at RVE or, or and currently now aren't that confident with RE, you know, they may want to request some professional learning from their head teachers. Head teachers might, not, might want to request that from the LA or consortia, because I, I think it, it is um, a, a really important aspect of RVE and integral to getting it right and and helping this curriculum really you know flourish and 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 work out in the way that we we expect it to so yeah I I would like to pick up there and sort of add to what you said in in that another change in this legislation is that RE now has to encompass religious and non-religious philosophical convictions or um, I prefer the term worldviews but yeah. that's under legislation mm-hmm. and so I'm just thinking that going back a couple of years when Estin did a thematic review and it uh, it picked up that lots of schools that they'd looked at lacked confidence in teaching religions other than Christianity Mm-hmm. So I do think that schools are going to have to reach out and ask for the help that they need in terms of teaching this variety of mm-hmm. religious and non-religious views um, yeah. within the within the curriculum and planning for it and and understanding it upskilling. So I, I agree. I, I absolutely agree. I think it's it's really important for schools to develop relationships with different groups in their local community and obviously for RVE that would include religious and non-religious groups that obviously are relevant and appropriate depending on what they're learning about and and depending on they'll they'll start with the statements of what matters won't they so they'll be planning based on that but mm-hmm. but whatever the RVE that comes out of that planning um consists of um then that's when they would perhaps approach different religious and non-religious groups you know and to have these connections and to have these conversations with their local community will really provide schools with local perspectives that that are that are vital for learners in achieving the four purposes you know when you look at some of the things mentioned within the four purposes um you know values and um in order to become ethical informed citizens you, you need to you need to know about other people and and, and what they believe and, and what they do and why they do it um, and that helps you to you know develop your own values and your, your own um perspectives and 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 know yourself uh, and understand you know have that self-awareness so i think you know it, 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 it's absolutely vital that that schools have those conversations and make those connections and, and they need to start doing that 
that now if they haven't already done that. Yes. Uh, like you I, say, it supports variety as well. Yeah, but also we've got that wonderful word in the humanities, what matters, um, Canavan. And I think yeah. that this this approach where you're looking at um, people of, um, you know, people of religion and belief in your local community or in Wales as mm. a wider community or in the communities in Wales will really help to develop in in our learners that sense of connecting that that sense of, of that place that you feel like home and that type of thing it'll 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 show them how that they fit in, in within their communities and things like that so yeah that's that, important yeah um, definitely I, I i i think there's a really strong link to connect in there and you know learners you know by looking at where they are now and where where they've come from in terms of their place in, in Wales or their locality um, and looking at religious and non-religious philosophies and worldviews, mm. you know, philosophical convictions, whatever word you want to use to describe them, looking at them, you know, historically and what they are now. So, you know, where we've come from, where we've got to. Um, that'll really help with that, I think, um, and that self-awareness, um, you know, and, and they will be able to understand and develop their own perspectives, you know, and that's all linked to to Canavan, isn't it? Which yeah, is and it's linked, you know, the links and interdependencies there, you know, with the other subjects in humanities, you know, Absolutely, as you were talking, yeah. I could think about, you know, the history links, you know, that local history um, yeah. that I think is vital, you know, the history of Wales, which is, is going to be really important. And, mm. you know, and the geography of that area, <laughs> you know, if I think about, you know, why did people move into the area? What kind of religion and belief did they bring with them? How did it mm. change the area that we're in now? You know, so and, and how has that helped us to get to where we, where we are? So I think that, you know, that's yeah. really exciting. Um, oh, absolutely and it and links with social studies you know and 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 you know how that affects us socially and culturally um you know and i i'm i'm pretty sure there's a link there with business studies as well, well it, it is but if i think um, about the area that i lived in and like it was a coal mining community and you know and you know why did people come because they came for, for work. work um so so there are those links to business there as well mm. you know and and what were what were the faith and belief that they brought with them and, and how did that affect them and how's that developed today and how has it changed because of you know the movement in and out of these communities you know so absolutely that, it's, it's the same in, in Wrexham we've got yeah we've got a massive hospital with lots of different people who work there and you know it, it's it's an industrial uh, town so so yeah I mean there's there's so much opportunity there and I do think you know going back to what we're saying that you know schools need to be making those connections with their their local and wider communities in order to really support them you know that's the key to support them in providing a a really fantastic curriculum um that is tailor-made for their learners yeah and I think I I just want to sort of emphasize that that in legislation now it's talking about RVE reflects our historical and contemporary relationship in Wales to philosophy and religious views including non-religious beliefs and I think that that that's that's really important because there's been an emphasis in RVE or RE sorry in the past Mm -hmm. um, on the six main religions Mm -hmm. um, and, and the core religions so you know we are looking outside of those six major religions but then you know not that they they are still really important principal religions and and that's 
that sort of probably will be emphasised in guidance or something like that. Yeah. But we we're looking wider, and and some some communities may have um, religions within them that are practised. I'm just thinking, you know, there's a, a small Baha'i community in the Blaine Gwent area, for example, um, yeah. which you can bring into into this as well, you know, and and there are lots of different um, religious and non-religious views there to 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 talk about one of the ones one of the um non-religious views of uh, world views that you could bring in is is humanism and the and humanists uk have done loads of um work on resources for schools and things like that so it's worth we'll talk about resources later yeah but, yeah you know to, there, there's help out there for Absolutely. non-religious philosophical convictions or worldviews um, yeah. as well as religious worldviews. Let, let's move on then. Um, and I wondered whether we could talk about the further guidance for RV that Welsh Government will be publishing. Um, so Libby, yeah, sure. do you want to say a little bit about that? Because you're sort of more up to date with that than I am at the moment. Yeah, of course. So um, there will be guidance from Welsh Government on RVE, so specific guidance. This will be uh, published for public consultation um, mid-May. So I'm thinking the date I've got in my head is 17th of May. So what I would do is encourage um, anyone listening to this podcast to to participate in, in that consultation. You know, you can participate and respond personally in, in whatever setting you're in. It doesn't have to be on behalf of your setting. It can be just you as a practitioner, if, if that's what you are. But it, it could be you know, whatever setting you're in and whatever job you do, anyone can participate on a personal level. Um, but I would encourage schools to look at it, actually, so that they can think about it together as practitioners and what and what it what it means for them and whether it's enough for them, um, whether it's got what they need. And I would consider other, um, you know, other groups, SACRES, you know, I mean, I'm not quite sure who's going to be listening to this podcast, so, but my message is have a look at it. Think about it. What's it got that you like? What's it got that you perhaps don't like? What's it missing? They're the really important questions. And, you know, it would be really um, helpful to, to know that information. You know, Welsh Government wants to get it right. So, you know, it's in your hands. I mean, the purpose of the guidance is to provide um, further detail that will help schools to plan their school level curriculum to include RE within the humanities AOLE. So, so, so that's the kind of main purpose of it. It will also assist agreed syllabus conferences when they formally meet to review and develop the locally agreed syllabus for RE as well. So, so it has a few audiences. So I don't know whether if you want me to elaborate on anything. Well, um, I, I'm just thinking, you know, you've sort of said it's, it's got this dual purpose, you know, to mm. help schools, but also to inform the agreed syllabus that will be written um, by lo within local authorities. Yeah. And, and our, our VE will still set the responsibility for it with um, local authorities. So um, right. I wondered whether we could talk about whether schools will still have to follow the agreed syllabus. Yeah, of course. So, you know, the bottom line is, yes, the locally agreed syllabus uh, for RVE remains. So community schools and voluntary controlled schools will have to have regards uh, to it when designing their school level curriculum. But when the locally agreed syllabus is 
whether it's developed or reviewed, um, whether it's adopted completely, whatever that process is, the agreed syllabus conference that that is sort of in charge of that process for the local authority will have to have had regard to the Welsh Government guidance for the whole of the curriculum, including the RVE guidance as well. So it's not that they'll have to do two different things. No. And I I think that's the confusion possibly for for some schools is that, oh, well, what have we actually got to follow? It will be it will be the same messages. And I wanted to to emphasise it's built upon the what matters. It's built upon the um, AOLE guidance. Absolutely. So so, so it's just, you know, sort of extra support. Outlining things like the legislation and things like that for for the mandatory element of of RVE. There may be slight differences, perhaps, um, but they should all be based around that Curriculum for Wales guidance and the Humanities AOLE guidance. Um, and just provide an extra support for schools in delivering yeah. that. So I think that that's important. And I just wanted to say you, and this is probably um, the, the conversation for another podcast as well, is that there are slightly different arrangements for voluntary controlled schools and voluntary aided schools within with a religious character with regard to following the Greek syllabus. Um, yeah. And this will be outlined in the RVE guidance, which has yet to be published. Yeah. Um, if anybody would like further information about these differences, please get in touch with me, Paula Weber, at the EAS or with Wasika or some or, or um, you know, your local um, advisors, because we really don't have time to go into that here now. And as I yeah. said, I think it's it's a, another podcast, perhaps. Um, yeah, great idea. I would really like to see the RV guidance published before I did a podcast on the differences there because I'm not quite um you know I, I would want to make sure that I get that right I think absolutely I think that's a really good idea yeah yeah so um we talked about agreed syllabus conferences and local authorities um let, let's talk a bit about the SACRAs and um you know whether or not they continue in and whether they still have a role in supporting schools um so you and I are both members of you know both sits or advise SACRAs actually it would be good for us to talk about this yeah um sure so I I advise uh, Wrexham SACRAE and local authority and standing advisory councils on religious education so our SACRAE they they still have a role they still they'll still exist they'll be known as standing advisory councils a variety of ways I suppose that the standing advisory council will um support schools and support uh, religious education they will continue to provide advice on the agreed syllabus the locally agreed syllabus they could depending on their capacity provide speakers they could be putting schools in touch with appropriate religious and non-religious groups locally which you know will enable teaching and learning to be of the highest standard and and you know that type of thing so all the things that they do now they will continue to do really and yeah I think they would like to support schools in, in more depth sort of going forward they would like to be more available and I'm not sure whether you know all teachers understand you know the composition of sacraries mm. um so so they are made up of of three different groups of people and 
So they made up of representatives of religion and belief. So there would be a number sitting on your sacri that could help you with that subject knowledge and, yeah. and like Libby said, that support for schools. They're also they're also representatives of um, the teaching profession. So normally it's you know our RE teachers or um, advisors and things like that that sit on there. Um, in a professional capacity and then also local authority officials and councillors sit on there as well so it can yeah. give you quite a well-rounded support both for your schools but it is important to get in touch with them now I, I'm representing the five sacres in the EAS region Blaine Gwent, Caffili, Monmouthshire, Newport and Torvine as an advisor to their sacres um, so if anybody needed any support in those areas then they can get in touch with me at the EAS and yeah I think Sacres would love to hear from you basically if you need anything you know. Yeah I, I agree I think you know Sacres are there or standing advisory councils will be there um, to continue to support schools but you know I think some standing advisory councils or Sacres at the moment perhaps don't hear enough from schools you know that they're, they're, they're ready and waiting and, and you know they don't necessarily get that call as often as they would that they would want to so you know that that would be my advice is that they're your first port of call you know and, and if you don't know how to get in contact with your own Sacre you should know how to get in contact with your local authority and they can put you in touch with um, that your chair of SACRE or the clerk to SACRE, you know, every SACRE has a, has a clerk or should have and, and um, a chair. So contact details for all SACRES in the EAS region are on our Supporting Our Schools playlist. But also, you know, on the WASCA website, um, there are contact um, details for um, the Secretary of WASCA or the Chair of WASCA. You know, you can always, if you can't find the number, you can always ask us to forward it to you. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it, yeah. it might be email address or, or whatever contact yeah. details we have. But yeah, absolutely. Use Wasika. You know, that that's a, another thing that they're there for. Um, and they, you know, their role is to work with the 22 sacres across Wales. And they, the sacres and Wasika have been doing a huge amount of work in the background, you know, with um, looking at drafts of the humanities guidance and the RV guidance and yeah. you know meeting with Welsh government so I, I just wanted to say though know, there's a huge amount of work going on from factories in the background that mm. perhaps schools are not aware of um so they are so so the reason I'm saying that is that they are really um au fait with the new curriculum and, yeah. and can advise on on it you know yeah definitely so in terms of you know additional support where can schools access professional learning for RVE? Um, obviously, they can come to us as advisors in EAS um, in, for you in Wrexham. Yeah. Where else could they go for professional learning? So let's have a discussion on that. OK, so there is there is some good news here um, because there will be a PL package for RVE that's centrally funded. We can't say too much about it because we're only at the beginning, really, of the conversation of what that will look like. Um, so more information will be shared, I guess, over the next few months. Um, so, to you know, really for practitioners and settings to look out for, for that. But until then, I think schools should think about what PL they need um, and ask their consortiums for it. Uh, my advice to individual practitioners would be to consider what they need 
as soon as possible, you know, to really think about, you know, look at the curriculum guidance that's there already. Mm. Um, Look at the statements of what matters in the humanities and think, well, you know, can I see the RVE in there? Yeah. Um, Talk to each other in, you know, talk to other practitioners in in your schools and settings, you know, see what they say. And if, if, you know, whatever um, support you think you're going to need in order to plan RVE successfully, you know, ask for it, ask for that support, ask your head teachers, and then head teachers then can ask local authorities, the consortia, et cetera, et cetera. It's all, it will be there, but if you don't ask for it, um, the likelihood is it'll be missed. Um, it's and we about being to... proactive as Absolutely. well, isn't it? Absolutely. It's about being proactive. If you if you are looking at the what matters statements and you are finding difficulty in identifying what the RVE is in there, then you you need to get in touch with um, the advisors that are there available, in you know, so that they can help you. From a, an EAS point of view, and I know you do similar up in, in the Wrexham area, so you can talk about that. And then obviously yeah. other parts of Wales will have their own arrangements. But we have our learning network schools meetings on a regular basis. Um, for It's for humanities, but we often separate out into the individual subjects within humanities. Um, and there has been a, a lot of support available for RVE through that. There's been specific training on um, RVE and you know shared resources that some of the schools have produced and things like that so you know I would encourage any humanities teachers to um, join those learning networks Um, if you want to get in touch with me at EAS then I can um, I can sort of add you to to the group and you know that that training is invaluable we do have um a really um excellent um expert in rve as one of our our lead practitioners in, in so um we're in a really good position for that but i would say all of humanities teachers not just re specialists need to understand rve the legislation surrounding it um and also head teachers as well need to understand that i've gone off on a tangent a bit now but i'm not sure we <laughs> said it earlier on yeah, um it's know, important it's really <laughs> important that head teachers understand you know this more than ever so that they can monitor that this is working within their schools and um, because of the legislation and the changes that that we've had to it so join your local network um schools um obviously schools of religious character can go to the um diocese or the catholic education service as well but you know they're, you're not going to be on your own we're really excited that wasker are also going to be organizing a conference which will help with the with the rollout of some professional learning so you know keep in touch with the local sacre look out you know for the minutes or any news that's coming out from from them because WASC conferences look at the website because you know opportunities um, will be shared there as well and don't forget to follow WASC on Twitter um, because we will be advertising anything um, any PL there as well um, and follow EAS Humanities on Twitter as well and we'll, we'll put it on there but yeah it is it's about that if you need help ask the consortium because that's where most of the PL is going to be um be coming from um alongside things that are added in wasica will 
we'll obviously be working with Welsh Government on the on the PL. So it's, it's going to be quite a lot of joined up thinking going on there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's going to be like the curriculum itself, isn't it? It's, it's collaborative and Wasaka and NAPFRE are, are going to be taking a huge role in, in that sort of uh, national or or centrally funded um, professional learning. But obviously, as you say, Paula, WASCA are also going to be putting on their own conference to support that as well. So there's a lot coming from uh, WASCA, um at, with the support of NAPFRE, uh, as well as what each individual local authority um, and consortia will provide. Obviously, it sounds yeah. fantastic what's happening in the AS. So, you know, that's really that's that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you want to say a bit about school, you know, anything in the north? for schools, Libby, while they're on there? Um, well, you know, obviously I, I support Wrexham schools only and they have a, a similar setup within the Gwaer Consortia in terms of um, schools and clusters. But I think, you know, for, for Wrexham schools, they're very fortunate in that the, the RE advisory post is is a committed and dedicated post just to to RE or in this new curriculum RVE so they can come to me directly and 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 do already come to me directly so so they kind of it's not that they have a, an extra head start um, at all but that they perhaps have that that comfort buffer that you know, there's there's someone always there that they they can ask but it but it will happen you know obviously professional learning for RVE will happen in much the same way as it will do in, in EAS I would imagine and and I will be a part of that just as Wasaka and Napfrey will be a part of that so nothing particularly uh, different I don't think I mean one of the things that um, you and I have talked about which is really important is that regardless of what professional learning is offered you know from Wasaka etc you know, teachers need to be professional learners and it's not just about receiving training. You know, it's about being proactive yourself. So there's, there's actually, you know, that idea of um, the, the teacher researcher, you know, going out and reading around the subject. And, you know, yes, of course, you know, specialists will probably already be doing that. Um, but I would really urge not just specialists, obviously specialists as well, but but also non-specialists and um you know, particularly in primary schools where, you know, practitioners and, and, and including nursery settings as well, where practitioners don't necessarily have a particular specialism or that that special specialism wouldn't cover RVE necessarily. But they are going to have to be teaching that within the humanities. Um, and it's really important that, that they also, you know, do their reading, do their research. And I can imagine that there's a lot of practitioners out there who would be unsure of where to start. Yes. Uh, so, so again, it's about, you know, asking for that support within your school, whether or in your, you know, learning network schools, however they're organised, but asking your SACRE, asking your LA, your consortia, you know, you know, my my uh, my recurring phrase is, you know, it's the squeaky wheel that gets the oil. And, you know, you've got, <laughs> yes. you've got to ask for yes. it and don't ever think that you're a pest, you know. And if no one is listening to you, come come to Wasika and, and, and we will guide you in the right direction, if not support you ourselves. So now I think yeah. that's really important. Yeah, I you said you said earlier on, didn't you? There's a, there's a lot of courses out there. There are a lot of courses. I'm really impressed by the RE online courses. They've got yeah. subject enhancement courses, but they've also got sort of things that you can read quite quickly, like essays yeah. on 
for instance, a, a fabulous new essay has been put on there about um, Hindu um, worldview traditions, Buddhist worldview traditions. They are now having one written on um, Muslim worldview traditions and things like this. So I would definitely recommend RE Online to enhance subject knowledge. And, and I would recommend for non-religious worldviews to maybe start with the Humanist UK website and they provide lots of courses on they do, uh, yeah. worldviews as well. And I think they, you know, they are so well organised and I, I definitely would recommend people having a look at those. Um, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, there's, there's lots of stuff out there. Um, I mean, I myself as we were chatting earlier on Paula um I, I've had a look uh, and dipped into the Humanist UK courses and they're really good yes, um, yes but you know there's there's lots of different things out there and I think it is about you know for subject knowledge that's really important um because even if you're not a specialist you're going to need that subject knowledge in order to deliver RVE within the humanities the, the one thing that I would say is that we all need to be careful when we're embarking on research and when we're trying to upskill ourselves and, um, you know, kind of improve our, our subject knowledge. We need to think critically about what we're reading. Um, so whatever it is um, that we're looking at and, and wherever it's from. So even, you know, if it's England, if it's further afield, whatever it is, we should always look at it critically. And when I say that, I don't mean we should criticise it. I mean, we should actually think about it critically and say, OK, what is this telling me? What am I learning from it? What do I know as a result of reading this? And what does that actually mean for Wales and for me as a teacher in Wales and for my learners as learners in Wales? Yeah. Because Wales is different to England and it is different to many places in Europe where we might be getting our research material from. And with, I'm not saying that it's so different in Wales that it, it's not applicable. That That's not at all what I mean. But it's important to... Um, reapply it and reinterpret it I think so that we know what's out we know that what we're looking at will actually work for Wales and for our individual settings in Wales as well because you know all settings are different so it's really about knowing your learners um, knowing their backgrounds knowing the approach of this curriculum for Wales mm -hmm. you know knowing that approach always bearing that in mind I think that's what I was going to just say Libby is about, you know, all all knowledge out there is relevant if you look at it in a critical way, but yeah. it's about bringing it home and looking at it in light of those what matters statements yeah. and, and, and thinking about how, how that, you know, knowledge that you're bringing can fit in with, with that and with the working towards four purposes of the curriculum. So, so it's about interpreting it then and and you know your your um interpretation in light of the what matters statements and how do they fit in with the key concepts that are there um and things like that so i know for example in england there's lots and lots of work on worldviews and big ideas and they're all absolutely relevant but um they've been used actually by the pioneers developing the curriculum but they then moved in a direction toward the what matters so whilst they're relevant, you do need to look at things in light of the what matters uh, statements as well. So yeah, so, absolutely. You know, so if, if you were thinking, oh, where do I start? You know, you start somewhere Um, you might pick, you know, a book or a article or something. And then you 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 look at it alongside what matters. Um, I think that's probably 
the best advice that we can can give really in terms of you know teachers um you know where to, where to start then and also is about building relationships building relationships within the community with people of faith and belief um so that they can sort of tell you about them because i think you know let's let's bring it all back to it it's all about uh, people living today what they think and what they believe and what they've built those those um beliefs on um and and sort of finding out about you know what what has shaped their uh, um philosophies or their world views what what has shaped their belief system um you know what do they do now and why do they do it uh you know th- those kinds of questions really that, that we want to get to the heart of in in rve so uh, one of the major things that you can do is to find some primary sources in in terms of the people that are around you yeah absolutely. Um, and i think that's that's really important i think whilst i'm talking about that we talked about um the 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 right to withdraw and about it being objective critical and pluralistic mm-hmm. i think you know it's important to bring it back to that because all of this experiential learning needs to be really thought about and planned carefully bringing in visits or visitors or or your you know planning ex- experiences which is absolutely wonderful you know we need to we need to be thinking about you know is this objective critical and pluralistic are you giving your learners the opportunity to discuss or to see it from a different point of view yeah um, I mean I, I think I think you're absolutely right we, we talked about you know when you do research you need to be looking at it critically and alongside um the you know the what you know about the approach to this um curriculum for Wales and the what matter statements and uh, etc but part of that approach is very much about um experiences and experiences have always been a feature of RE and they will they are an inter- integral part of this um curriculum for Wales so they'll continue to be an important feature. I think the important thing um, that practitioners need to be aware of is is that just as they did before, hopefully, that they'll need to these experiences in RVE will need to be carefully considered. You know, um, t- I would say that practitioners know their learners and they'll know their learners' families, they'll know their backgrounds, and hopefully they'll communicate in a positive way about the experiences that they intend for for their learners. Yeah. Um, which I think is going to be, you know, a, a key to getting this right, um, because it will be important that the RVE is objective, uh, critical and pluralistic. So there needs to be variety uh, and it, it needs to be taught in the right way. And again, this all links back to PL. I think mm. there's there's one thing that we perhaps didn't mention, which I think is important perhaps to say be- before we before we finish, is that there, unfortunately, at times, collective worship is, oh, is yeah. linked to re now and 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 may continue to be linked to rve um in the future um and obviously it shouldn't be collective worship is completely different to rve and it should be kept separate in every way whether that's planning delivery whatever it, it should be kept separate and it's really important for practitioners at all levels to understand that you know because everyone needs to to be aware of that so that no mistakes are made collective worship has its place in light Um, of the the right to withdraw this is more crucial than ever and i think that every school should do some some reflection on that and some questioning mm -hmm. around it you know is it being kept 
separate you know nobody should be you know praying for example in a in an rv lesson whereas they might in collective worship so you know it it definitely must be kept separate and you know obviously we can we can provide further advice on that to um to schools should they need it and perhaps again another podcast these seem to be growing (laughs) yeah I think they do I think you know that that would be helpful you know just exploring what experiences in RV might look like would perhaps be helpful and that and that's something that the um uh, Welsh government guidance on RVE will will also explore. So so that the, there might be some helpful um, you know guidance in there about that. But I think what we don't want is for practitioners to shy away from the experience no. side of uh, oh. RVE because no. you know quite often that that's the exciting bit, that's the dynamic bit. And but you know we just needs we just need to get that right. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, our main message for today, I hope you, you've all enjoyed the, the chat, it's, it's a little bit deep with the legislation, but um, hopefully we've brought some interesting things in as well. Our main message for, for any practitioners or head teachers or anybody that's listening is that you're not on your own with this. Just get in touch, ask for help. Plenty of help out there as we've outbound in this and um, hopefully uh, you'll listen in again. Thank you very much and thank you very much to Libby for being with me today. Oh, thank you, Paula. I've really enjoyed it and I I do hope it's helpful. So I'm sure it is. Thank you very much. Thanks.